BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Class Action is a production of iHeartRadio and Sound Argument. Blood makes the grass grow. Kill, kill, kill. 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 Murder on three. Murder on three. One, two, three. Murder! Well, I just want to tell the team that, you know, we're new to this, but we're true to this. Because you went through the competition, and if you weren't any good at all, you wouldn't be here. We may not be the best, but we were good enough to get on this team, so let's do what we gotta do. The whole goal after this is when you go into the courtroom, there's somebody depending on you to advocate for them. So let's learn it now, because their life could be on their line, their finances could be on their line, their family could be on their line. This is fun, this is great, but we have to look out for our clients who we don't even know who they are, but they're waiting for us. Yes. They're waiting for us. Yes. There you go. Uh, our first team with six wins, with a CS of 16 and a half, a PD of plus 39, team 12, 16. Ah! You're listening to the sound of the next generation of American lawyers. This is Class Action, a year-long journey inside the hyper-competitive world of law school mock trial. We found three schools with amazing stories to tell, starting with St. Mary's University in San Antonio, where we follow one team on their dramatic trip to the top. We got beat up. Bad. Bad. <laughs> Until the point where like, we're like, oh, it can't get any worse. Until it did. And then it did again. And then we're just like, you know what? Let's do this. Like, we know what we need to fix. We got this. Like, let's believe in ourselves. And it's been good. The University of South Dakota, where a new coach is turning around a program with students who are guilty of being too nice in the courtroom. The reports of this fight are that there was blood everywhere, right? That everybody was bleeding. Why isn't there blood in the front passenger seat? Why isn't the victim's blood 
other places in the car. And from deep in the heart of Brooklyn, an all-female team from Brooklyn Law fights the Ivy League champions. What just happened? Come on, got the best opening statement. We just all like tackled her to the ground and we're crying and screaming and so happy. And to get an idea of the future of mock trial, we meet students from the undergraduate pre-law program at Dillard University. It's a team that's been forced to come together after Hurricane Ida lays waste to their campus. This sport will humble you so quick, in the best way possible. It will really like let you know you need to buckle down and do what you have to do. It will really show you like your potential, and it will also show you the places that you lack. I'm Katie Fang. This is Class Action. Some people say jury trials, they're going away, and there's plenty of evidence to support that. Personally, I think it's more than a shame. I think it's a crisis, a crisis for our democracy. Because if you've ever had to go to trial and you've had a lousy trial lawyer, it's a real crisis for you. But there may be hope on the horizon. Ever since I was a kid, I wanted to be a lawyer. Just always wanted to do that, and it was kind of like law or nothing. I'm sure I could be good at something else, but I just, this is my heart. I would say what appeals to me is the overarching justice system and the fact that everyone is innocent until proven guilty. But in society, that is not the case. In society is, if you see a news report that so-and-so was involved in a robbery, they did it. They did the robbery, and I think that's unfair. Okay, here's one paragraph I can read. That same day, I signed up for something called mock trial. Thinking I would learn a few things about speaking effectively, I began sitting in the back of practices and watching the student lawyers argue their cases. My coaches didn't let that fly for too long. They insisted I lead strategy discussions and present every side of the case until I knew the facts of the story like it were my own. I have brown skin, I am Indian, I am not well represented in a courtroom setting. Typically, I'm not who you see on a courtroom drama. For example, the other day, I was talking to my friend and I was like, yeah, you know, I did this moot court thing. And he said, oh, like in those courtroom dramas, like, do you watch them for inspiration? And I honestly was, I said, no, because those people don't look like me. They don't have my style. They're white males generally. And for the most part, like, I'm building this myself. Whatever comes out um, in a courtroom is because I built that persona. Every occupation is important in its own way. But I feel like in this type, especially criminal law, you're with somebody at the worst time of their life. Every inch of my body felt uncomfortable to the point where I felt like quitting, but something about the sport made me keep coming back. I trained my mind and my tongue so substantially that the courtroom became the place where I felt the most comfortable. I learned that being a litigator isn't about the objections you make or how smart you sound. It's about your body language, the way your voice bends, and the words you use. Most importantly, it's about the way you connect with people and the truths you're able to uncover. It's about the stories you tell. This is episode one, Boot Camp for Lawyers.
Y'all ready for me? And now, <laughs> introducing assistant dean AJ Benita I'm the Dean of Advocacy. So, believe it or not, we already did some advocacy here today. None of you wanted to stand up and whoop whoop and pound on the table, but I got you to do that. That to me is the world of advocacy. Getting people to do something that they don't want to do on their own. For me, it's in the courtroom. I want the judge to do what I want the judge to do. I want the jury to do what I want the jury to do. And I need to train you to do what I do. That's my world. Close your eyes for a second. Last night, you thought about your first day in law school. There was a picture in your head. How many of you imagined yourself in front of a jury or a judge making an argument? It's okay to dream. And here, we're gonna help you fulfill that dream for each and every one of you that want it. Some of you are here because something happened in your life. Some of you have been wronged or a family member has been wronged. Some of you have been victims and that's why you're here because you wanna make a difference. It's just a small number of people that can control our liberty to make sure that it is maintained. You have a unique responsibility. We're doing really important stuff here. And I need you to keep going. The national trial team, we practice going to trial. As a member of the national trial team, before you graduate, you will have no less than 70 trials under your belt practicing in front of judges and law practitioners. I invite you to be a member of the national trial team. Your success depends on each other. Put your arm around each other, take care of each other, and good luck in law school. Incoming one else. Did you eat breakfast? Uh, yeah. We I was going to say, you get some breakfast tacos. St. Mary's University sits on a flat piece of land in the west side of San Antonio. So I'll give you a lay of the land here. Raba is the original law school. Now it's just offices. St. Mary's is the first Catholic university in Texas founded by the Brothers of the Society of Mary in 1852. That's the law school library. That's the administration building. This is the main classroom building. Just seven years after Texas became a state. So you have the rest of the university, but we're right here in our own little corner. When you take a look around, what's gonna set us apart when you go to these other schools, our student population has a, it's a huge Hispanic Latino population. 
we're probably going to be the largest populated school for Latino law students, which is really important to us that we we have that opportunity that other schools don't have. It's fantastic. Thank you, Mama. So our school has an oath that every student takes when they first come in. You know, you, you take a bunch of oaths as a lawyer. So we figure we might as well start one here. The things that the students are pledging to, honesty, morality, integrity, trustworthiness, honor, these are the things that I expect and we demand from all of our students. But we want them to make that commitment from their first day on campus. And saying this pledge does just that. So I'm looking at that pledge. I have it on a bulletin board above my desk. I, Patricia Roberts, do solemnly pledge that I will engage in the diligent study of law, always acting in an honest, moral, and professional manner. I will be guided by the spirit of hospitality, collaboration, mutual support, and scholarship, which are the ideals of Marianist University. And I will be trustworthy, honorable, and professional in all aspects of my life. I will be trustworthy, honorable, and professional in all aspects of my life. In all aspects of my life. Congratulations, CPC. So do you go by AJ Belido de Luna or are you just AJ Belido? Like what's... Oh, no, no. Never Belido, never de Luna, never Luna, never day. Believe it or not, some people use that. Uh, the last name is Bellido de Luna. It's a double L. Uh, so you had the right accent. Y de donde eres? Cubano. No. Mi pariente son de Cuba. Uh, yo nací aquí, pero ellos vinieron para acá en... 1962. But you were born in California. Ah, okay. As soon as I heard about this particular podcast, I law geeked out. Trial ad was a big part of my law school experience. It was instrumental in leading me to not go to big law and to go to the grind of big law. And I went to be a prosecutor. I attribute that love and that passion for trial and advocacy, like true trial advocacy, um, because of the mock trials and the litigation skills program. So nice. So yes, yeah, so you and I are like-minded when it comes to this. There is this old saying, I'm going to butcher it, but I do like to live by this kind of old adage. It was a Judy Garland quote about, you know, the best thing is to basically be yourself. That being said, though, if you could build the perfect trial team student, trial team student member, what would that trial team member be? I never thought about that, hmm. to be honest. And I, I think the reason why I've never thought about that is because 
I truly believe that I am not trying to make somebody into something. More so, what I want is I want to meet the students where they are and to help build their skills and their abilities so that they can be the best lawyer they can possibly be. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. Hey guys, Rob Parker here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. Making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like the rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail dominating power and captivating style the new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true and with the new available tech this legendary truck is getting even better and when you buy a Toyota truck you buy Toyota dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future so visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com Toyota, let's go places Earning a coveted spot on the trial team at St. Mary's is not automatic Hey, three L's, come here, three L's Tryouts are held in the spring for second and third year law students only, and just to get this out of the way, second year law students they're called two L's Third-year students, they're known as 3Ls. Okay, remember how nervous you guys were. This is like their passage into here. We're here to help them. Do not give them advanced lessons. There are two people here that are here on a look-see. The first one is In early August, the 2Ls enroll in a trial advocacy class taught by AJ. And after 5 o'clock, they brave the heat for an intensive one-week boot camp where they're gonna be drilled on everything from how to stand, where to stand, how to talk, when to shut up, and all of the bedrock procedures operating inside of a courtroom. Hey. Hey. What are you doing out here? I'm helping. Oh, good for you. I'm to be a team player. Oh, look at you. Always a team player. Uh, I grew up playing team sports, so. Yeah. 
kind of in my nature. I got in trouble for stalking too long. <laughs> and Dean told me to shut up. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Happy to make it today. Yeah, Emily Parker is one of a handful of 3Ls who are earning extra credit for coaching at the boot camp. Our boot camp, yeah. which is basically a crash course on evidence on the trial procedure, cross-examinations, and just getting comfortable with learning at a fast pace, but also just the very basic rules for how a trial operates and what, what you need to know and the nuts and bolts. So then when they start their trial advocacy skills class in the fall, they'll be, they'll be ready to go. Hey, uh, welcome to the first day. Here's what I want you to do. Unless you're Andy, Emily, or Jess, I want you to go down there, I'm gonna go address them, and I want you to work with them. And as soon as you believe somebody is ready for the test, they could come up to me or Deb. We're gonna be at the top of the steps. They'll be at the bottom of the steps, they'll recite, they'll be allowed in. If they don't pass, we're gonna send them back. You guys need to grab them and work with them. Have them recite it for you again. All right, let's go address them and get them to work. My name's Abby. I don't want to speak for anyone else, but when he said boot camp, all I was imagining is, I mean, in the Texas weather, like out in the grass doing laps and like yelling the rules of evidence. So anything was like better than that. Hi, I'm Maria Lencinas. I was a bit intimidated, um, but definitely just from, you know, tryouts, there was still that level of, you know, scariness, uh, not really knowing, you know, what his personality was, how he was going to approach this whole thing. A couple minutes. Let's get to work. It's Jared's birthday today. If you want to oh, my God. Jared's birthday. How old are you? 23. He's 23. Wow. Wow. Happy birthday. That's awesome. Did you bring cake? I did, and I was hoping you would. I believe that you have to bring cake when it's your birthday. Chocolate with chocolate frosting. You all need to know the rules. All right, get to work. See you in a couple minutes. A declarant is a person who makes a statement, and hearsay um, is a statement that the declarant makes while not testifying in the current trial or hearing, um, and the party offers it into evidence to prove the truth of the matter asserted. The rule number for hearsay? Yes. What's the rule number? Oh, 801. And what's the rule number for evidence? Oh, 401. I'm sorry. No, that's right. I'm, I'm, that's <laughs> fine. That's fine. No, that, no, you're fine. You're in. So in order to make phase two of the team, they had to memorize, I don't know, like 12 rules of evidence. They were given two hours to write down these rules, word for word. They were graded. You had to get an 80% or better on the test in order to stay on the team. So they've already memorized them for writing. Well, now they have to come in and give it to me verbally. What is the definition of relevance? <laughs> Evidence is relevant if A, it has any tendency to make a fact more or less probable than it would be without the evidence, and B, the fact of consequence in determining the action. I love it. Okay, what is the definition of hearsay? Hearsay is a statement other than one made by the declarant while testifying at the trial or hearing offered in evidence to prove the truth of the matter asserted. Go. Good job. What is the definition of relevance? Evidence is relevant if it has any tendency to make the fact more or less probable. Why, for those people that are listening and wondering and scratching their head, there's dozens of rules of evidence in the federal rules of evidence. 
That's right. Why those specifically? And if I'm able to recite it back to you, why is that some type of threshold success for me to be able to get my foot in the door to even be considered to be on the St. Mary's team? It's a little bit of effort to memorize that. So they're looking up at you and they have to recite these two rules to walk past me, to come up the stairs and walk past me. So there's an elevation that happens, right? There's a feeling inside. It's part psychological. It's, there's a whole lot of reasons for it, but it's all part of that process of if you don't care, if you're not willing to do just this little bit, I don't have time for you. Hey, state your name for the record. It's Cole Davila. All right, Cole. What is the definition of hearsay? Hearsay. Hearsay is a statement other than one made by the declarant while testifying at the trial or hearing, offered in evidence for the truth of the matter asserted. This is my first year on the trial team. I did moot court prior to this, so this kind of activity, it's very difficult to just really jump into because you got to know a lot of basic tenets of law that we've kind of only just touched on. Three years ago, I was in your English class, and um, I got a B. Um, I was involved in a car accident today. Is my English class B relevant? No, it is not. Why not? Because it has no uh, bearing on the fact of hand or the action, which is the car accident. Welcome aboard, Cole. Okay, find a second person. It looks like Jasmine is available. State your name for the record. My name is Karen Crawford. All right, Ms. Crawford. You and I are walking down the street. We just had a cup of coffee. All of a sudden, we hear crash, and someone yells out, holy cow, that guy went through a red light. Is that hearsay? The person who said it, no, because he saw it with his eyes. Is it an out-of-court statement? It's out of court. Is it being offered for the truth? Not at that moment. Go, go back. On the street. Go back. Oh, my go back. goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. As you go through this process, I really want you to think about it this way. The rules of evidence are not to keep evidence out. The rules of evidence are to guide you on how you bring evidence in. It tells you how to get it in. If you look at it that way, it becomes a lot easier than it's this barrier. It's not a barrier. It's a welcoming mat. We're gonna have a really, really busy week. We're gonna be out here for most of it. I brought a cooler. Andy brought the ice. Drink often, drink a lot, stay hydrated. We should hit 102 tomorrow. Offered in evidence to prove the truth of the matter asserted. Is the statement made out of court? Yes, the statement is made out of court. It's on the street. So then that statement is? Hearsay. Because it is being offered? To prove the truth of the matter asserted. So therefore it is? Hearsay. Thank you. Come on in. Is that everybody? That's it! Hey. Awesome. All right, come on in, everybody. Let's get to work. You all made it. That was really easy, wasn't it? Wasn't that easy? Give yourselves applause. Come on. Now you know the definitions, now you need to learn how to use them. Our first assignment is to get to know each other. Team up with somebody. No one's gonna ask a single question. When I say ones go, 
for three minutes without stopping, I need you to tell a story about yourself to the other person. The person may not ask you a single question. You will just tell the story about you. I hope to God you came here with a piece of paper and a pencil because while the other person is talking, you're taking notes. And you may not stop talking until I say stop. Let's get this table combined with this table and that table combined with that table. Today I'm going to tell you a story about how my house burned down. True story from when I was seven. One night I went to sleep. It was a Sunday night. Uh, we didn't have school the next day, so my older brother was awake. And he awoke to a bang, glass crashing everywhere. I used to teach at Maryland. I used to do this when I was at Maryland. And I know that at Maryland, I would teach something one time and I was done with it. It was over. I didn't have to do it again. But that's not where I am. And I learned in addition to that, like whatever we say could really get us in jail. Like it didn't matter what we were saying. I mean, I'm not knocking my kids. I'm just saying that they, uh, they need a different teacher. They need me to be a different teacher. 30 seconds later, a jellyfish wrapped around my back. Um, <laughs> so I tried to take off the jellyfish. I'm not getting kids that even know what trial advocacy is. Or some of them may have had an experience in high school, but they weren't on a national champion high school team. OK, stop talking. Stop laughing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Leave everything behind. Just bring your chair and put them in this box. So when you come up here, I want you to say your name and the person you're introducing and tell us about that person. I'll take volunteers. So uh, yeah, I love that. Let's get it over with. Who you are, who you're introducing, tell us their story. Hey, can someone take notes? Take notes of these stories. So hi, my name is Mariela Encinas, and this was my partner, Raven Peña. And she told me the story of why law school, which I'm sure all of us have been asked before. So she went ahead and started off with how she was concerned for people. She had a concern in her heart for people specifically. I just moved here for law school, so it was a little rough my first year. I won't lie, um, moving, I've never lived um, away from home, away from family, so. I have no lawyers in the family, um, but I was a legal secretary and a paralegal prior to coming to law school. Uh, law school was always the plan, just kind of took a little while to get in there. So she went ahead and started to do a lot of activist work. She became an activist, but she quickly learned that the FBI would get involved in a lot of things, and she learned the whole culture of security and how any little thing that she said or her friend said ultimately was tracked and ultimately could lead to a lot of I didn't want to be the behind the, the scenes person. Everything that staff does is so important, but I wanted to be the advocate in the courtroom. And it was just through watching those other advocates that I was just like, yep, that's, that's what I need to do. My specific interest is in special victims unit, sex crimes, crimes against children, domestic violence. That's where I really found a passion for helping the victims. And even though her road took different directions, law school was always kind of the second option, and that's where she's at now. 
there's a lot of power in a legal degree. I asked my good friend Preet Bharara, the former U.S. attorney for the legendary Southern District of New York, to join us on this journey. Individuals have power. Generally, they have their voice. They can protest. They can run for office. There's lots of things you can do. But I think there has been a, an appreciation as our democracy, in my view, has been under attack from a lot of different places over the last number of years. That it's not a bad thing to have a law degree and have the privilege of access to a court to redress grievances and equalize the playing field for people who don't have access to justice. Is that six o'clock? Let's everyone take a moment to reflect as the St. Mary's bells ring. How long do they go? The students pack up and head for their cars. AJ sits down at an old picnic table with a couple of coaches, Deb Eunuch and Misty Deathridge. The two L's in their presentations, was there anyone there that like stood out to you? The very first one. It's hard to go first, but she kind of knocked it out of the park. Why does she impress you? Starts with Just, it, her, it was very animated. Her speech yeah. was animated. Yeah. It had emotion. It had tone and variance. It was good. It was, and it was organized. Mm -hmm. It made sense. We have several that need to, we're going to have to be, have them sit on their hands. We have a lot of hand movement. Are you shocked at the, the deer in the headlights look with about two thirds of them? A little. I don't remember that from last year. My concern is that is, is that a COVID thing? We're back in person, uh, meeting people in person again. Is it a holdover from having done everything last year on Zoom and that type of thing? This is their first time live, yeah. this class. They've never been live. That's a really good, that's a really good observation. So we should ease them in a little bit rather than hitting them hard. I was thinking about hitting them hard tomorrow, but no. You're going to be easy on them? No. <laughs> AJ doesn't but, do easy. But, <laughs> you know better. But maybe easy for AJ. <laughs> BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. Hey guys, it's Rich Davis from Cavino and Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. Making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance or any terrain from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew could stay connected. 
Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you could sit back and enjoy the wide open views with the whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter what your style, you could drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. To get the bigger picture of the mock trial scene, I reached out to Joe Lester. When Joe's not overseeing the trial ad program at American University, he runs the go-to website called Trial Team Central. Trial Team Central, we keep track of all the law school trial competitions, the results. We've kind of grown. It was first just who won, and now it's, you know, who won and who's playing. And we also talked with Joe's colleague, Adam Schlahet from Fordham University. Adam's created this ranking system to measure the top mock trial programs across the country. You get three points if you win a competition, two points if you come in second, and one point if you make the semifinals. So then I just started allocating points and counting them up. So Adam and Joe, uh, I'm the new kid on the block. But I have had the most amazing ride getting to know these coaches and some of the competitors. So I have met some pretty spectacular kids. They have reaffirmed my belief that the children are going to save the world because they are so smart and so self-aware. And I would like to think having been a trial ad geek myself in law school, that being a part of these teams has been a huge part of it. Yeah, you know, one of the other critiques that we hear, especially from people who aren't trialers, is that there are fewer and fewer trials happening in the country. The jury trial is vanishing. So why is this so important? And I kind of think that because the jury trial is becoming more rare, that makes it more important that the students get the training in law school because the days of the young lawyer trying a hundred cases before they're 30, it doesn't happen, right? It just does not happen, especially at big firms and, you know, high stakes litigation. I do uh, some training for law firms and these are folks who've been at the law firm for many, 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 many years and they've never even been close to a trial. If you ever watch a baseball game and you watch someone throw the ball from third base to first base, most people can't even throw a ball that far. It's it's a long way, <laughs> and they do it like it's no big deal. And I think they think of trial work and sort of the practice of law as something that's just easy and no big deal. And that's where the trial training that we give gives these students such a leg up on their competition, <laughs> on their classmates, because... It is not something you can just walk in and do. It is not monkey see, monkey do. I can mimic it and I can take care of it. It takes a lot of training and understanding to know exactly what you're doing and how to do it, or you'll never be able to hit a curveball. So they need this kind of training because they don't have the luxury of learning on the backs of their clients. Because 
at the end of the day, trials are still happening. Even if it's to a lesser degree, they are still happening. And that's the cloud looming over all litigation. And if, if you take away that ability, then you're really losing a, a major tactical advantage. So you preface what it is that you're trying to do. You mark it. You show it. You ask to approach. They validate its existence. You publish. That's kind of the gist of the way this works. Now, you all do have a document. Let's be frank, right, AJ? You, you want to create the St. Mary's Law national team that's going to be competitively good. And you talk about that pressure cooker of these students. They've got their academic rigor and the academic demands. I think it's really relevant because a lot of criticism about law school has been, what's the real world practical benefit of going to law school? Like, what are you learning in the classroom versus maybe being on one of these trial teams? It is competitive to get on the team. I presume it's competitive to stay on the team. It's very competitive to get on the team. It's very competitive to stay on the team. The pressure is high when you get on the team and a lot of people don't make it. They withdraw on their own or they withdraw through after a a conversation. My number one goal is not to win championships. It, It is not. Don't get me wrong. I really love winning. I'm very competitive. If we were to break out a checkerboard right now, I'm going to play and play and play and play until I figure out how to beat you. I like that you're already going and knowing that I'm beating you at the beginning. There's, there's, there's no doubt about that. But you will get angry at me because I will make you keep going until <laughs> I win, until I figure out what you're doing and I am not. So I, I want to impart that competitive spirit on my students, but it is not, not my goal. I grew up really, really poor, Katie. I mean, really poor. I had parents who left Cuba to come here to this country. They left on a boat, on one of the freedom boats, like many other Cubans that came to this country, fleeing a communist Cuba, a Fidel Castro rule, and they came here with nothing. Clothes on their backs. You you don't know it by listening to me because you don't hear me as a Latino. Oh, but I, I heard it right there, Latino. I have seen how some people are treated versus other people. And I've been poor as an adult. And I've worked through it until I got to this stage in my life where I'm not poor, I'm not rich, but I'm not poor. What I know is this, is that there are a lot of people out there who are not getting the representation that they need. And I see day in and day out how people do not represent people correctly. They ask dumb questions. They ask questions that forward or advance the theory of the case for the other side rather than their side. I mean, I come from a town of about 3,000 people. Um, Everything I've done in my life, people say, well, where is that from? Uh, I had somebody tell me this week that I sound like cornbread, whatever that means. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But, I mean, that's been my mentality my whole life. My dad's not a lawyer or a doctor. My dad's a former. And the thing is, for me, I'm out to prove to the world that I can do it, and I'm going to do it. Hi, my name is Karen Fraser Crawford, and the first day was quite intimidating, very intimidating. I had studied those things for weeks, and it seems like it just blanked out. 
Hello, I'm Maria Hymas. So the first day, I think we were all like maybe texting each other, a bunch of us, like what's gonna happen, what's going on? And we didn't know what to expect, honestly. And um, I remember telling some of our friends, I feel like throwing up, like I don't know, like I'm so nervous and we get here and it's like kind of a relief once the first day is over because we're like, okay, it's gonna be hard, but we can do this. A little over a thousand miles due north, another trial team, the University of South Dakota, is lugging their law books back to campus. Good morning. Good morning. How y'all doing this morning? How was your night last night? Good. <laughs> we're downstairs in the courtroom today. Let's go. Oh, no, please. Next time, Ian? Yes. Emails are great ways to communicate when we're yes. not going to be places. Yes. Uh, the knowledge was not there prior to the email that should have been sent. Got it. Yeah. How are you? Good. Mr. Peter Wright, Mr. Haddock, how are we doing? Good. Come on in. Oh, living the dream, how you doing, sir? So, these are the things that we're gonna to cover tonight. Things that you need to know about law school mock trial. We're gonna talk briefly through preliminary matters, which is the first thing that you're gonna say when you're doing one of these competitions. We're gonna talk about the use of evidence at the competition. What you need to know and what the people on this side of the room already know. In six weeks, we take a fact pattern that would normally take two to three years to come to trial, and we take it to trial. And they're intense. Uh, some of our fact patterns were as long as 200 pages last year. Some of them were as short as 65. The thing that you need to know most of all, you guys are engaged in a highly competitive law school sport. We have gotten to the point through the work of the people who have been on trial team before you since I have been here, where we are now regularly getting invited and accepted to top tier competitions. We are regularly competing against top 20 advocacy schools. I don't care that they're top 20 advocacy schools. They are not any better than any of you. They are not any smarter than any of you. They don't have any advantage over any of you other than the fact that they have a pre-existing template. We're making all of that here together because we're building our team together. We're currently ranked number 90 in the country for trial advocacy. That means we are in the top half already. Our goal is to increase that ranking. How do we do that? By showing up and showing out at competitions right now. We're taking over with ethical, zealous trial advocacy, and we're showing them that it doesn't matter what part of the country that you're from or how much money you've spent on all of your equipment, we're coming for you, and it's not gonna be fun for you when that happens. When you walk into that Zoom room, when you log in, I don't care if you're going against Baylor. I don't care if you're going against Temple. I don't care what school it is that you're competing against. It's four other law students. You have every potential to beat them just as much as they have the potential to beat you. It's just a question of who's gonna do the work at the end of the day, guys. That's really all there is to it. So I come to you at the end of my 1L year. I, I hear the siren song of working with Coach Laura Rose, being on this amazing team. Walk me through what I should expect as that first semester 2L in those beginning days of that semester with you. What's that gonna look like for me? 
the first thing that's going to happen is you're going to be absolutely terrified because we're going to sit you down at boot camp and we're going to tell you just how this goes. And in the course of that, you're going to have this moment of, oh my gosh, can I actually do this and law school on top of it? It's like drinking water through a fire hose on extra pressure when you join trial team on top of law school. We already know that that law school is drinking through a fire hose. Now let's take it up to 11 by adding trial team on top of it. So you're going to get a faster, more intense evidence education than what's going on. Questions about Cross right now? Yes, sir. This is something that I learned in trial tech. I think it's important to focus on the negative space that's there about what they didn't do versus what they did wrong. And that's going to be particularly important when we talk about this, this fake environment of the trial team competition, right? Because you're going up against other law students. So they're going to be trying to play chess against you the entire time that you're ready to go. Your job is to be more fluent in their witness than they are and then to not let them get away with anything. So Everybody likes to say that I'm a little carbon copy of dad with just enough of my mother thrown in to be interesting. My father is Charles Harris Rose III. He ran uh, Setson University College of Law's advocacy program for 14 years. During that time uh, when he was in charge, they were always number one, number one in the nation for trial ad. He is a giant of a personality and a titan within the industry and one of the people who now all of us who are currently in the job of coaching and teaching rely upon for his wisdom and what he did. But there is no understating the impact that he had on the profession in particular. But he also casts a giant shadow. Listening to what they say is absolutely everything in cross-examination. You have to be engaged and in the moment. If you're not paying attention, number one, they may give you a nonverbal answer. A mm-hmm or an mm-mm. You need to go back, that's a yes, that's a no because otherwise it's not on the record. And then, as you all know, one of the key jobs of the trial attorney is to protect the appellate record. You have to make sure that it's on there because otherwise you're, you're robbing yourself of the argument. Technically, you're not permitted to argue any of that in your closing argument because it's not on the record, right? But listening to what they say provides fertile ground for further cross-examination and further ground for embarrassment for them on those key facts. Toss out something that we haven't talked about yet about cross-examination. This is the part where the student interacts with the instructor, blah, 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 blah. You have to know their prior testimony far better than me. You know, speak frankly with me, Laura. Are you trying to build something that's going to exceed that legacy? Are you trying to outshine it? Are you trying to match it? Like, does that create any metrics for you internally for how you're trying to build and continue to grow and enhance the program you have at South Dakota? I'm going to say no, and and here's why I'm going to say no. I take inspiration from everything that my father has ever done. We have had a a friendly competition going my entire life. When I took the SAT, I had to brag to him that I got a better SAT score than he did. When I took the LSAT, I had to do the same thing. Like It's that kind of way that he's nurtured my own inherent competitive spirit to allow me to kind of grow into my own person. And now I'm at the point where, could I try and build what dad built? Sure. Good advocacy is about looking at the facts of your case, looking at the law, and coming up with a, a story that embraces a legal theme, a factual theme, and a moral theme that calls to justice and uses our trial system for what it's for, which is speaking truth to power. That's what I want to build. I want to come back to this is so important to American democracy that everywhere should have this level of education and everywhere should get this level of exposure. And we have one lawyer for every 1,200 citizens in our state. So we are a small bar. 
which means that my students, when they graduate and they go out to practice, they need to be able to do a little bit of everything. They need to be a true Main Street lawyer in the way that the rest of the country maybe doesn't necessarily have. The South Dakotan walking down the street who gets busted for a DUI or a disorderly conduct deserves somebody who can go in and advocate at the same level as somebody who's in New York or who's in California or who's anywhere else. We need to start recognizing that there are things in the middle of the country that are incredibly valuable. There might be that time when some good Midwestern common sense approach to something is going to actually do you a lot of favors. So with that, why don't we go ahead and start wrapping things up for tonight? I expect to see you all back here bright and early tomorrow morning. That all the experts, people, can I talk to you up front real quick? Other than that, y'all are good to go. Please take pizza with you. Whatever tournament you guys are going to, what's it called? Buffalo Niagara. So that's not battle of the experts. Look, the law is about rules. I believe in rules, but more important than rules, it, it is something that is based on principles and values. And those are values of equal justice and fairness of process. And everything about that is fascinating to me. And I love the idea that it's also about truth, truth finding, and all the mechanisms that you use, not only to get justice and fairness for people, but so the ultimate truth comes out. And I've always thought of it as a noble pursuit. I tell the young lawyers, it's a fabulous calling, but you have to regard it as a calling. Tony Sarah is a self-described radical lawyer. He even took a vow of poverty in the 1960s. He's represented clients such as the Black Panthers and the Hells Angels. At 87, though, he is still practicing law and continues to send fear and loathing into the hearts of judges across the country. It's a fabulous mission that you're going to embark on, but you have to regard it as a mission. If you regard it as a job and that you're going to serve the interests mostly of corporations, then you're feeding into the status quo. But is that really you? Is that really why you went to law school? Is that what you really want to do? Or do you want to improve our social and political securities? BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. What up, everyone? It's Lunchbox from the Bobby Bone Show, and I'm here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. 
like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive. You can count on your new Camry to get you anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Okay, I'm getting started. We're getting started. How's everybody doing? I want to uh, do two things real quick before we really get started. The first is that, you know, while we're in law school, some things happen. It's just part of life. And we all need each other to get through these hard times. Christian Ramon's father died. It was not expected which is why he's not here right now. He's still going to try to be here tomorrow. They're burying his father today. So if you know him, and if you don't know him, maybe we can get a card, a note, a reach out to him to let him know that he's not alone, that other people are thinking of him in his time of need. And if it's within you, something that you do, Maybe say a prayer for him and his family. And there's no doubt that these kind of events are going to happen to more of us. My mother passed away this year, just a few months ago. You know, and people rallied around me. And we've had things that happened. We've had babies that were born, and we rallied around each other for babies, the good stuff and the bad stuff. As we start to get to know each other better and better, it'll become easier and easier to rally around. But sometimes things happen before we've had that gelling effect. Okay, so uh, who did not see the video on cross-examination? Now, there's no direct that it's happened yet. Why are we going directly to a cross? We're gonna work on directs. Directs are harder. Crosses are easier. Why are crosses easier? Someone that watched the video, tell me why crosses are easier. Abby. Um, because you're supposed to only be getting yes or no answers, hopefully yeses, and you're telling the story. Yeah, what do I call that? The yes train. The yes train, right? Choo-choo, right? That's the money train, right? You get someone to say yes, that's the money train. That's what you want. You want a runaway witness so you can slap them around and get them on your yes train. How do we control a witness? You control the questions you're asking them. And what kind of questions are we asking? And a leading question is what? One fact. One fact. What is it? One fact equals one question. One fact. Single fact questions. What is the one thing that I want to make sure that I get out of every witness that I cross-examine? Every witness. Story? Which story? Your story. My story. Which is my... Client story. 
which is my theory of the case. How do I get the theory of my case through that witness? Bring your chairs, leave your notes, leave your pens, just yourselves, you can bring water. So I, I want my first chair here. Now this is your first time through, and we expect you're gonna make more mistakes than normal. It's okay. This is where you're allowed to make mistakes. This is our first step in cross-examinations. You're going to make mistakes. We don't start yelling until the second time, <laughs> right? It's the first time, it's easy. Officer Santopoulos, I want to take you back to when you were interviewing Bobby C. Hey, where are you from? North Carolina. Where in North Carolina? Eastern North Carolina. Like what city? Snow Hill. And what's, what's in Snow Hill? Nothing. There's nothing there. Farm. Farm. Are you on a farm right now? No. Where are you? Like what are we mimicking here? Trial. And a trial is in what kind of room? Is, it, is that on a farm? No. You're not on a farm. You gotta get serious. Right now you're a little mad at me, aren't you? Yeah, I'm glad. That's what I was trying to get from you, okay? I want you to be a little mad at me. I want you not on the farm right now. I love country. There's a place for country. But right now, we're not ready for you to be country. I need you to be in a courtroom. So get mad at me, get in a courtroom, get your head right, Ask him those questions. Officer Santopolo, I want to take you back to when you were interviewing Bobby C. Bobby C got an alert that his credit card was being used. Yeah, that's right. At the zip trip. Uh, yes, it was. So your country is an advantage, right? It's a true advantage that you have over people like me. People love hearing your voice. My voice is common, yours isn't, right? But you gotta just, it can't be I'm on the farm. We gotta find that balance where I get to be me, but I don't want you to think like I'm on the farm. I earned my right to be here. Yes, sir. All right, cool, thank you. All right, get in the jury box. Well, he made fun of my accent, which uh, <laughs> which is funny now, but I felt like it was kind of a low blow at the time. Honestly, if he would have told me my cross-examination was terrible, I would have been like, okay, let me work on it. Uh, but yeah, he told me that, and it pissed me off a little bit, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Actually, a lot, but I mean, it's true. He was like, yeah, I know you got a chip on your shoulder. Um, I can see it in your eyes, and that's true. And most of the time in my life, when I get pissed off, when I get angry, I work harder. And that's what he was trying to bring out of me. And uh, I, I respect it more now. I want you to write five questions. Cross-examining, leading questions. This is your first foyer into a fact pattern. Don't go deep into the weeds. One fact, five questions. You have until 7.30. Every year, AJ writes up a simple case packet for the students to argue. With this case in hand, they prepare for a short trial where they will have to do some of the most basic things a trial lawyer must know how to do. Introduce evidence into the record. Impeach a witness. Refresh their memory and cross-examine them. And that witness... 
Well, it'll be played to the hilt by AJ. So the story is about Bobby C. and Veronica J. And it's a real story to a certain point. And then there's parts of it that aren't true. I used it back when I was at Maryland. And then I, I adopted it to here so that it incorporates local town lore, including a bar that I love called Barbaro. So Bobby C. and Veronica J. were at a party. Uh, Veronica wanted to leave the party. She crossed over Martin Luther King Boulevard near Camden Pub on Baltimore Street in Baltimore City. Two men accost them with a gun, demands um, their property. Veronica gives her phone and her purse. Bobby gives his uh, wallet. The robbers did not take Bobby's phone because he had an analog phone. The robbers laughed at him, and they ran off. And Bobby C. and Veronica J. were so frightened by it that they never saw anyone. They, they couldn't tell you if the person was a man or a woman or white, black, Hispanic, Asian. They couldn't tell you anything about them. They were afraid. They were frozen in time. Uh, the two police officers show up. Bobby gets a phone call from the bank, says uh, your credit card's being used at a gas station. Police put him in the back of the car. They go to the gas station. Veronica yells, that's them. That's the people that robbed me. Bobby C. says, I don't know. I was too afraid. I don't know if it's them or it's not. Police officers go out, talk to the guys, and they were both arrested for the robbery. Maybe those of you that were having a little bit of a hard time will agree with. Rushing or skipping makes it hard. I make a mistake. So that's why you have to learn this like the back of your hand. All right, I asked Genesis to do her five-question cross in front of all of you. There's a lesson here that we're going to learn. So there's an error and a recovery. I want you to hear the error so that you can learn from it, not do it to yourselves. I'll explain it when it happens. We good, Jess? <coughs> yeah. You were called about a robbery. I was, yes. It involved two victims. That's correct. It did not mention the number of robbers. Correct. It did not mention the gender of the robbers. Uh, that's correct. You arrested two men at a gas station. Uh, yes, it was two men. So you arrested two men without having any underlying facts of the gender of the robbers. So, I mean, we had other um, evidence to suggest that the robbers were male, um, in particular, the call um, with Bobby C. He was able to identify eventually that the two men. That's good. You got, you got back what you wanted, right? All right, first I put her on the spot, so thank you, Genesis, for doing that, right? What was the question that she shouldn't have asked? You arrested two men without any description. Say the question again, Genesis. So you arrested two men without having any underlying fact of the gender of the robbers. Now that sounds like a yes or no question, doesn't it? Doesn't it? That's a yes or no question. But it's not. It's not a yes or no question. Say it again. So you arrested two men without any underlying facts. Boom. Without any underlying facts, what does that give the witness? That takes that yes, no question 
and creates it into an opportunity for a narrative. It's the one question too many. It's trying to get the witness to make the argument for you. When do we argue? When do we argue? Close. Close. We argue in close. Is the witness going to argue for me? No, the witness is never on my side on a cross-examination. Not going to help me. So this is Genesis. I told him I grew up in a Mexican household and there was no sugarcoating ever. It was always very direct. You know, I would come out of my mom would say, that shirt looks ugly, go change. It was very, that's wrong, fix it. So here with AJ, uh, I really like that teaching style. That's how I grew up. I kind of feel home. It doesn't hurt my feelings. So if you do it wrong, it's gonna be an improper impeachment. Someone's gonna object because you did it wrong. Now you gotta go back and do it again. Now the judge is getting pissed off at you. The jury's getting pissed off at you. So that's why we're trying to be perfect, right? So that you don't have to do it again. So you don't get objected to on an improper or an imperfect impeachment. Showing opposing counsel, you don't have to ask. I always stand. I stand when I cross-examine. I stand when I address the court. I definitely stand when I address the jury. Your mind has to be so fast, so acute, so much recall that you develop what you're going to say right then. It's a spontaneity that creates the value. My God, I've seen lawyers read their cross-examination. I've seen lawyers read their closing without passion. That's not the way to do it, young lawyers. You know, stand up, be vociferous, be independent, be spontaneous, be creative, fight, be in their face. But you should know your path, the way that you're going to go. The two, three things that I want from this witness, you should know what those are. You're all going to court tomorrow. How ready are you going to be? You cannot pass this class if you do not enter a piece of evidence, impeach the witness, and refresh their memory. Those are the three things that you have to do. That's it. I want to hear your thinking, your thoughts, how you want to do it, how you put your case together. It has to be logical. You're going to have your documents so that you can get to them, you can easily locate that document, so that you have a copy for you, a copy for the judge, a copy for the witness. You might have a spare copy in case coffee gets spilled on one by accident and it's curious to see whether or not you are prepared for court. So you should be ready for trial. For the students, tonight will be a long one spent pressing their suits and rehearsing in front of the mirror. For tomorrow, it's judgment day. I take it you know what a rabbit hole looks like? Yes, you can never get out. And, and what's in the bottom of there? Nothing. Poop. <laughs> right? Rabbits live in their rabbit hole and they poop. When you go down to the rabbit hole, you're going down to a barrel of poop. That's next time on Class Action. Class Action is a production of iHeartRadio and Sound Argument. Created, produced, written, and edited by Kevin Huffman and Lisa Gray. Executive producers are Taylor Shacoin and Katrina Norvell. Sound design, editing, and mixing by Evan Tyre and Taylor Shacoin. 
This episode had additional field production by Kristen Cabrera, Paul Ebsen, Alfredo De La Garza, and Malia Lukomsky. Additional story production by Jennifer Swan, Kristen Cabrera, Jason Foster, and Wendy Nardi. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite shows. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable.